Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. If there's one skill I wish dental school had taught me better, perhaps second only to how to luxate properly, it would be how to section a tooth. Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew. My name's Erica Huynh and we're joined again with Dr. Cecilia So to talk about the ins and outs of sectioning teeth. If you haven't already, listen to our part one about picking your battles when it comes to extractions. Because in that episode, we talk about how during dental school, we don't get a lot of exposure to surgical dentistry. And yet it is perhaps one of the most important skills we can have up our sleeves to save us heartache and stress when it comes to extractions. Picking up a surgical bird for the very first time can be so daunting. Where do I drill? What do I drill? And how far down am I meant to go? In this talk, we talk about the step-by-step process of sectioning a tooth and the landmarks you should hit so that you can do it controlled and predictably every time. Now, I'm very pleased to say that since I recorded this talk with Dr. Cecilia, I've sectioned three teeth, including one of them today. And whilst it's been a learning curve, it's honestly made me feel like such a more capable clinician than just going at a molar tooth with my luxators and forceps and snapping it unfavorably and just praying that I somehow managed to get those roots out. And so if you want to learn how to save poor teeth from snapping into root tips that you can't dig out, then stick around for this episode. So I would suggest the first tooth position mm-hmm. that you try to section that's easier in terms of access and root mythology, morphology would be a lower six. All right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't start on an upper six because it's just hard. All right. Mm-hmm. So you could go the upper six a little bit later when you're um, a bit more advanced. And I would have start on a premolar because it's single rooted and you really don't know what to section. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so I'd start with like maybe um, a lower six, right? Um, it doesn't matter if it's got a crown on it, it's got a big filling on it or whatever. Try in the beginner stages, try just decoronating the tooth first. So say you've got a huge MOD amalgam or a huge porcelain jacket crown on this lower six, mm-hmm. you just cut the tooth mesodistally along the CEJ under the crown, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of, it's it's almost like undermining it sideways along the CEJ. Then you go kind of two-thirds towards the lingual. So you mm-hmm. don't go all the way through because you don't want to hit your burr on anything on the lingual, right? Mm-hmm. So you go past the halfway point and just over, Mm-hmm. And so you've just gone mesiodistal, mesiodistal, halfway point you've reached, and you go a little bit over, right? Mm-hmm. So you basically cut a flat line at the CEJ under the crown, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go a little bit more detail, I actually don't go all the way to the mesial and I don't go all the way to the distal. Why? Because I don't want to accidentally nick the tooth next door. So mm-hmm. I leave a small slither of tooth there all right then you get a luxator maybe like a four millimeter luxator or something like that and mm-hmm. then you just put your hand your left hand on the crown so they mm-hmm. don't it doesn't fly somewhere and they swallow it or inhale it right yeah. so control it put your left hand left finger on the crown put your luxator in crack and mm-hmm. tell the patient there's going you're going to hear a crack yeah right? so they don't <laughs> up, freak right? out and then you literally just just twist your hand mm-hmm. and the crown just pops off, right? Mm-hmm. So that's step one, all right? If you could cut a crown prep, 
you can mm-hmm. decoronate a tooth, all right? But you can't use you can't yeah. use the dental handpiece. I was going to say, what bird do you use? What handpiece yeah, do you use? It's know? not going to work, right? I mm-hmm. use a one-to-one surgical motor, 40,000 RPM mm-hmm. with saline irrigation. Mm-hmm. Okay. You may or may not have access to that. If you don't, then NSK have like this reverse um, reverse air turbine handpiece and it's got like the long shank t- tungsten carbide burr. So it mm-hmm. reaches all the way t- across the whole tooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got the torque as well. All right. Otherwise, you're going to be there forever because you don't what have is, the torque. What does the torque do? Torque, torque is the power. It's like okay. if you've got a diesel engine and a truck, it's going mm-hmm. to be able to go up the hill. Whereas mm-hmm. if you've got a bicycle, you don't have the same power and torque to get up the hill. So mm-hmm. the same with cutting the tooth. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, your bird just goes, and then it just gets stuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, All right. No taken. Right. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. I just section a tooth, and then it, you're like, oh, and then you fracture the the very very fine diamond burr in the tooth, right? That, yeah, that's, that's plan minus D, you know. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you've got the crown off. Wonderful. Now you can see the whole root anatomy, right? Mm-hmm. So literally, you just cut between the two roots start at the fication so that you're just getting a little bit under the fication of the two roots and then brush up so why do you want to start at the fication is because it gives you a point to start and Mm -hmm. where do you go from that point you just go across all right Mm -hmm. you're going to remove two structure as well as the interradicular bone structure and then if you feel comfortable I'd remove a little bit of the interceptal bone distal to the root and like kind of distal and maybe a little bit distal buccal and then a little bit of the interceptal bone mesial and mesial buccal, all right? Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, you remove buccal bone. I find that upsetting when people just raise a flap and start drilling buccal bone to get your tooth out because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of nice innate bone structure that you're destroying to get to the tooth mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. from the side it's like the easy way out and then the poor dentist who has to put an implant in is like headache 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 and then the mm-hmm. poor patient well has to have all of that regenerated because you cut the buccal bone out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. so be patient just section the root section distal section a little bit buccal it's kind of like you're tracing the root right along the long axis because the tooth is in cortical bone the cortical bone has no give right mm. so if you trace around the roots and remove the interceptal bone and mm. split the two into two roots so that they're not joined together all you have to do then is use your two millimeter luxator then your four millimeter luxator you can use your peritomes if you want to right mm-hmm. and you get just wiggle 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 and both roots will come out separately Mm-hmm. If they don't come out, if they're not budging, you might have to drill the cortical bone, tracing around each root a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. right? So maybe the root is like seven millimeters long and you you only kind of cut one millimeter of bone around it. That's not going to work, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's a tooth that has infection or, you know, a widened periodontal ligament so it's a bit squishy, then mm-hmm. you can get it out. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's you know irreversible papitis, necrotic pulp, 
it's fused like the tooth dentine is fused to the socket the cortical bone right so you have to go deeper so maybe like halfway down the long axis of the roots you've got to remove cortical bone mm-hmm. right and then you should be able to get it out do you want to add orthodontics to your general practice? So many patients today are looking for aesthetic outcomes and, and changes, things that we can do with things like aligners and fixed braces that can put the teeth where they need to be so we can be more minimal in what we do to those teeth. I know it's something I wanted to learn and personally, I've gone down the path with OrthoEd doing the mini masters. I'm also getting treatment myself. I'm in aligners right now. If you're ready to go all in with orthodontics, you can go and do the mini masters with OrthoEd and Dr. Jeff Hall, and at the end, you can get a postgraduate diploma. But if you're starting off with smaller steps, they even have some online education, including aligners and aligner courses that are standalone. In the COVID environment we're currently in, these courses have remained live and we can then go and do them in person later on. I really appreciate the way they've managed that and I'm still getting tons of value. OrthoEd gives you an understanding from the foundational level. You understand aligners as well as fixed braces, the mechanics and all the things in between. If you're about to start your orthodontic journey, check out dentalheadstart.com slash orthoed to get 10% off their entire range. You might even run into me at one of the courses. When you're sectioning a tooth, do you need to raise a flap for it? I don't, but as a beginner, if you can't see, then you can raise an envelope flap so you can see better. Mm -hmm. In particular, to see that furcation point, right? Yes. And you were mentioning before, so we start at the furcation point, we're removing like the the tooth and a bit of the interradicular bone. Do you also go two-thirds of the way and then put your luxator in and crack it? Because you you don't need to go more than two-thirds of the way. Oftentimes I hear people saying that um, the problem with sectioning roots is that people often don't go far down enough and that they're still within the tooth and then they try snapping it and they end up breaking it unfavorably rather than splitting the tooth in half. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is you write that down in your journal and then next time you will drill more. (laughs) 100%. That's a rookie error. You, you, you scared of cutting bone because you've never seen it before so then you don't cut enough and then you break it and then it chips so it's better to remove more bone and give it a bit of a wiggle and and try and see mm-hmm. would you ever luxate the tooth before sectioning or do you section first and then luxate the teeth that i get referred no because there's no point but the teeth for you Yes, I would luxate first because it helps to to get it a little bit mobile first. And then you might have a feel for it and go, oh, I think I can remove this one non-surgically because you can feel it when you're luxating. So that was kind of talking about lower sixes. Then with upper sixes where you've got the three roots there, what are your thoughts on sectioning those? Upper sixes, A, you've got three roots. B, you've Mm -hmm. got different axis. C, you've got the sinus. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So you have, and often there's periapical granulomas at the end of your three roots as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to really look at the anatomy of the roots and how close proximity the sinus floor is to your tooth. Mm -hmm. All right. If it's a decayed tooth, it hasn't yet become like really 
far gone in terms of irreversible papitis and periapical granulomas and the sinus floor really dipping down intimately into the roots, you'll be okay because you mm. can tell from the x-ray that mm. you still got lots of bone around the tooth. But if you see that like the, the sinus floor is gone, right? So if you section the roots, by the way, you have to section it into three, right? Because it's three roots, right? Mm-hmm. And you go too deep in that section where you're doing the interceptor bone, you're going to cut straight through into the sinus. Mm. So you have to pick the x-ray in that case. Like make sure you don't go too difficult with that. You can tell from the x-ray. But I do the same thing. Section, take the crown off, section the roots, release each tooth separately by going round and round, removing cortical bone, kind of tracing the roots, and then just pick each root out one by one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for me, I, I I know like how to avoid pushing a root into the sinus. And if it does go into the sinus, I can pick it out of the sinus. We might not necessarily yeah. be able so to So, again, you have to be, well, you just have to really look at the x-ray, like yeah. really examine and plan. And if you can see, oh, there's heaps of bone around that tooth mm-hmm. and the sinus is not too low and there's no kind of dark radiolucent lesions at the tip of the roots, then you should be okay, right? Mm-hmm. You've got plenty of bone structure to work with. As a new grand, the mental, physical, social and emotional exhaustion of being on high function and putting your best foot forward for every patient that walks through the door can take a huge toll. Much like decay that's left unaddressed, this can continue to fester and is the recipe for anxiety, burnout and depression, signs and symptoms that unfortunately our profession know all too well. So how can we recognise this? More importantly, how can we prevent ourselves spiralling down this path? Australian Hands-On Courses is running a free webinar with Dr. Kajan Chia, who is the limitless dentist to tackle exactly this. As part of their mission to help graduates accelerate their growth and reach their utmost potential, AHC is running a series of free online webinars and in-person seminars on what you should know. Overcoming and Preventing Burnout in Dentistry is Module 3 of the series and will be run as a live webinar next Monday, the 17th of April at 6.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. Spots are limited, so make sure you sign up via the link in our show notes and stay in the loop for the ongoing series that is free for all students and graduates. differ for impacted wisdom teeth then especially the ones where it's more horizontal and you can't decoronate it as easily same like you can still decoronate if you want to or you could end up sectioning from vacation up if you want to the the extra part is how buried is that, how partially erupted is that tooth? For example, if it's pretty much fully erupted, it's not too difficult, even if it's at a bit of a medial angle, all right? But if really quite impacted quite low, and for example, on the x-ray, the mesial, the mesial corner, like the mesial corner of the tooth is like right down next to the distal root of the 4-7, that's going to be hard to get the mesial buccal crown out right don't forget you're looking at the x-ray to get to that mesial buccal crown that is intimately intimately squished against the distal root of the four seven you have to raise a flap remove 
buckle bone and then somehow access that corner. So it looks like you can see it on x-ray, but you know, it's different in real life. Yeah. So try not to do anything that's too deeply impacted, right? It doesn't matter if it's distal impacted, vertically impacted or mesial impacted. The fact that it's fully erupted or almost fully erupted makes your life easier because you're not having to remove heaps of buccal bone to get to the root to start sectioning. Yeah. Conical roots are great. You know, those hooky lobster roots or um, ballerina roots, ballerina leg or heart shape roots, all of those things make it difficult. Right. They've assessed it basically for different root shape. How much is it partially erupted how, or, or impacted? How deep is it inside the jawbone? How much space do you have between the distal of the four seven, the ascending border of the ramus? How much space do you have to take your tooth out? Sometimes you have very, very little space. So all those things. Lots of things to consider. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.